Hey, Pip, have you seen this? What? Hey, Amanda, have you heard that? Hey, have you been there, Jacinta? You're listening to the live podcast from Shire Pod, and we are keeping you connected to the Sutherland Shire community with this brand new podcast coming from a cafe in the And welcome back to the Being There podcast. This is part two of our live broadcast from Banachini's in Cronulla. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Porky Mackay about life in the surf club and what it means to be a part of that community. Nat from the Today List shares her Today List strategies on work life, personal life, and the priority of self-care. She also shares the philosophy behind her Today List tablet. And Sarah Jo updates us with all the Soshire activities for September. Thank you for joining us for our Are You OK Day special. So we talk about leadership and vulnerability in mental health. Um, okay, so um, how do you help your members, um, Borky, understand their responsibility to other members? Um, part of our training has incorporated a, a module called um, well-being. So we teach we teach the um, members that they need to look out for themselves. They need to look out for members of the public, obviously, because we're a service on the beach, and we need to look after each other. And I mean, we're currently training a group of um, thirteen-year-old um, surf club members to become junior lifesavers. Yep. And as of about a month's time, they'll be on the beach as junior lifesavers. And it's very important that they know that some of the stuff they'll be dealing with and seeing is going to impact them, them and how they cope with it is different to how you cope with it and, and somebody else does. So we, you know, they've got to do modules online. We do we do training in the class in the classroom, but yeah, just to just basic stuff. But the, the, the kids these days are. They know about that. They're taught yeah. about that at school a yep. bit more than we did. So, yeah, but definitely well-being, it, it, there's probably still room for a huge improvement at the surf club, but we, we do have much more support available now. That's really fantastic. Can you tell us a bit about Allura Surf Life Saving Club, when it was founded, who founded it, some of that background information? Yes, um, Allura Surf Club was founded in 1966. We were the... The, the third the, the, the fourth surf club along Bait Bay to to be founded Cronulla at the south of the bay was first then North Cronulla then Wanda which is one north of us and then Allure in 1966 we were actually founded by a guy who was the president general Frank Washington he was the president general of the police boys club and so our function area over here in the club is called the Washington Lounge after him. The members are aged between five and up to 80, 80 years old. Um, we haven't got all the members in this year because we're only just starting, but last year we had about 960 members. Oh, wow. And the, and the breakup is about 60% men and 40% women. Okay, yep. It's pretty good, isn't it? And yeah. We, we have all volunteers. We have... Um, we patrol on the beach from the first weekend of the school holidays in September and our last day of patrol is Anzac Day. And we patrol every Saturday and Sunday and public holiday throughout the summer season. We have we and we complement the Sutherland Shire lifeguards yep. who are paid permanent lifeguards and then they they man the towers. They didn't used to work on a weekend and we did weekends, but now they do the weekends, but we just complement them. So how long have you been involved in a surf club and have you got any good stories from, <laughs> from back in the day? <laughs> Maybe one, you can share one. I, I got involved with the surf club um, 12 years ago when my son was five. We started him down here in the under six nippers. The under six is the youngest nippers. And I wanted to be involved um, just because I did. I had, coming from a background of child protection, I wanted to make sure that things were done right. So <laughs> we all have those fears. And when we had to stand up on our first um, first night of training to become a get our bronze medallion, which is the award you need to be a lifesaver, you had to stand up and say, 
why you keep joining the club. And I stood up and said, I want to make sure that nothing goes on here that shouldn't be going on here and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the, the trainer still laughs about that now, going, oh, my God, you were so honest. I can't believe you came out and said that. But anyway, I've been involved. I did my bronze medallion 12 years ago. I've been a patrolling lifesaver for 12 years. Um, I then, my passion is to keep kids safe at the beach. So I water safety is my sort of my primary role down here. I then became the water safety captain and was in charge of the water safety team at Nippers on a Sunday and then I took on the role of child protection officer a few years ago for obvious reasons and then um, I became a trainer at the surf club two years ago and then I've taken on the role of director of education at the club this year. Mm. So what do you think the most important thing is that we, um, we need to know about sending our kids to surf club? I wanted to be able, when my son was 12 and he said, Mum, can I go to the beach with my mates? I yeah. wanted to be able to think, yep. You can go because you know where you need to swim, what's the safe conditions, what happens if something goes wrong, what you do, what you say. So for me, it was all about safety of my child. And then um, my son, Nippers is quite competitive. They have, you know, swimming races and board races and running races and all that. And my my son came last in every one of those because he's just not competitive. <laughs> but, but 12 years on, he's now a junior lifesaver on the beach and, and loves it and he's, you know, He's what I'm, I'm proud of. I mean, yeah. winning a medal in the swimming race when you're in the under sixes is fun, but being a junior lifesaver on the beach, giving a bit back, I think maybe coming from the from the uh, background of being a cop, service. I, I sort of have a bit of a saying, you were born to serve, and, yeah. and, and my son's got serving parents and, that's what, and now he wants to join the Air Force. So we have... We have people from all walks of life on the beaches as lifesavers. We have everyone. We have mums and dads and kids. And to be a junior lifesaver, we're doing the um, kids now. They're 13 and they, their first award is the SRC, Surf Rescue Certificate. And then their next one is Bronze Medallion. But there's so much opportunity. Um, you can do. You can learn to drive the little IRB, the rubber ducky, and you can, yeah, it's fantastic. You do aquatic rescue. There's... Um, you can do, learn to drive the jet ski getting around now. That's called the Rescue Watercraft, which is the highest award we can get. You have to have every award before that to get that. So, yeah, we love it. Um, we tried to instill in our son that you've got to give a bit back to your community and that's that's our thing. I think that's what I wanted to know. Is that's like our what, thing. Um, yeah, what do, what do you get out of being a part of it, though? Like, what's your... I'm passionate about keeping kids safe at the beach. I still have that cop mentality that it's not going to happen on my watch so when I come to the beach I take it very seriously I'm responsible for the people swimming on the beach that day and it's nothing is going to happen on my well touch wood nothing is going to happen on my watch so that's what I expect from the junior members in my patrol as well I mean a lot of people come down and just think it's a fun day at the beach and they'll go you know swimming and surfing but You've got a responsibility. We, the, the public expect us to keep them safe at the beach. I mean, they see the red and yellow uniform and think, but swim between the flags. That's all we ask is swim between the flags because, you know, that's the best place to swim. We've set the beach up at the safest spot. So many people we see come down and they walk through one of these pathways between here and Green Hills and they just take their kids into the water and... Yeah, it's just... And, and we have far we've seen too many drownings. Yeah. It's terrible. Every summer we have drowning after drowning, whether it be at the beach or the pool or, or wherever. So, um, and, and, and know, know your ability, you know, know your ability. Swim between the flags and and we can all have a fun day at the beach. Yeah. So if your kids want to get involved in nippers, like how do parents start that process? Yes, so it, it, you could jump online. I mean, of course I'm going to promote Allura Surf Club because it's the best <laughs> surf club in Bay Bay. <laughs> but we have a very, um, very good website. Could probably do with a bit of work. Um, but, yeah, we our, our enrolments are on now. So we, you can either look online, find out when the um, enrolment days are, and, you, and you've just got to come down and get involved. It's it's not not hard. I mean, yep. kids that have never swum before can come and, and, and learn to do it. And if they're terrified of water, same, same, you know. But, yeah, easy to be involved. Cronulla, North Cronulla, Allura and Wanda, we're all in it together they're all great some people go to one club because their family's there or whatever but they're all fantastic all follow the same protocols and get your kids involved yeah, it's get a really it's a really good healthy 
where else would you rather be at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning? Oh, I've got a few places, but <laughs> I just think it's great. To the beach is a good and one. And it's not too the late. You don't have to start your kids in the under fives. I mean, we, we've got a we have kids come at thirteen years of age and just decide mm. they want to join the club and become junior lifesavers. You don't have to have been a nipper, but it. I personally think for confidence in the water, it's good to start them young because it's a bit scary out there if you, know, yeah. you get thrown in when you're old. It does look beautiful today, though. And we have adults that just decide they want to come and help. I mean, we've got, yeah, doctors, nurses, fire ambos. We've got lots of... Everybody, it's a great community. It really is Everybody, and it's a healthy thing. You know, we've got the kids down here this morning probably doing surf training at 6 o'clock in the morning. COVID's making our training a little bit tricky at the moment, but everyone's... Life's a little bit tricky at the moment. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. You have been amazing. My and pleasure. I knew you would be. <laughs> so uh, I'll dig at you later. Um, but if you want to know more about, like, the surfing history of Cronulla, they've actually got a museum. Yeah, they do. So, of course, the best place to check out the history of Cronulla would be the Cronulla Surf Museum. So that's full of photos from the 1960s, 60s until now. Um, it's, you know, it's amazing. They've got all the surfers there that have um, graced the shores along the Sutherland Shire coastline. Gary Green, Jim Banks, Bobby Brown, Ross Marshall are just some of the well-known ones from around the area. So, yeah, check that out. Yeah, we'll definitely. We'll the link in the show notes so people can... Yeah, we'll be there. All right, so thanks so much, Di. We're actually going to bring in Mostafa for now, who is um, our Are You OK ambassador, and we're going to have a chat to him. Welcome. Thanks very much. Great to be here. I guess we called you in today because, you know, um, this week we've been talking about Are You OK, and as you've just heard from, you know, um, Di and and Bomber, um, just how important it is to have those conversations. Something we wanted to, to share is because today is September 11th, and while... For me, it brings up a lot of anxiety because I know where I was 19 years ago and I know that I was just about to bring this baby into this world. I was three weeks off having my second child and really thought, oh, my God, what am I, what the hell am I doing? And to see what happened in New York City really shook my shook my sort of sense of, you know, what, what who am I, what am I doing with the world and how am I going to save it? But for me, I think that there was the whole ripping of the safety, ripping of the security, and it's those events. I mean, that's a world-rocking event, but it's, it doesn't take those world-rocking events to make you not okay, does it? No, it doesn't. And um, and all sorts of different things can, can impact us, our different experiences, uh, our perceptions, and, and what it is that we uh, know to be um, our safe mechanisms. Uh, so, no, it doesn't take uh, a lot to to be uneasy and, and to not be okay. Do you uh, remember where you were? I do, of course I do, yeah. I was I was actually, funnily enough, we just had uh, relatives over our place and we were all sitting down and it was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and people were about to, to go home and we were all sort of saying goodbye and for some reason, and I, and I don't know why the TV was on because we were all having a great chat and the TV was on and, and we did see mm. something breaking news or something. Uh, it was a bit unreal having a look at the TV and just, and then actually seeing aeroplanes going to buildings. We're like, is this a movie? Is this what's actually going on? And yeah, we were, we were finding out as the as the hours unfolded what was actually going on, and, and it was really scary. And and at the time, look, I think I was nineteen, maybe years old. Same as you. Yeah, I was, I was, how was I? I was 18, yeah, I was 18. I was actually, I must have gone to bed early the night before because I actually found it on the radio the next morning driving to uni and then we got to uni and it was just a surreal kind of experience because everyone was watching the footage over and over and finding out things that had happened up to date and, yeah, just um, it's unbelievable. And I think a die would have been different because you were in the police at that stage so there's that whole terrorism factor. Yeah, I was in the cops and I, I remember it vividly. My husband was in Timor with the army. I was at home. I, I'm not a telly watcher, but like you, I had the telly on. And this news flash, it was about 10 or 10.30 at night. And I sat there watching it over and over and over for about three days. It was that morbid fascination. I didn't want to watch it, but I didn't want to watch. Did want to watch it, and then and then the the, the, the flow-on effect of the after all the the shots of the plane going into the tower. Then there were the phone calls of relatives making their last phone yeah. call. And so after about three days of me watching it compulsively, I just went, 
can't do it. I was, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'd ever felt depressed in my life, but I was feeling depressed and I thought, I can't do it. So I did a media ban on myself. <laughs> Self-imposed. That, that was that. And the same thing happened when the tsunami hit yeah. Thailand. Yep. So, Rupert was away in Iraq or wherever it was. And same thing. I just sat there watching it, watching it, watching it. And I don't see myself as a depressive type, but it, it affected me. So I can only imagine how much it affects people that are that are on the edge already. Mm. But, yeah, those big events like that. And it's really difficult because we see um, with the overexposure of media having an impact, you know. We only have to look at the yep. horrible year that we've had with the bushfires, the floods, and now with COVID, people being glued to the TVs and watching it and, and being overexposed to all the different things that are currently going on in the world. And, yeah, if your predisposition is already an anxious one, yes. How's that going to impact yes. you? You're, you're constantly flooding yourself and bombarding and I'm yourself. Not, I'm not sure, it's not sure statistically if 9-11 had impact on worldwide mental health issues. I know COVID definitely I has. I think it did, yeah. I'm pretty I think sure Beyond there was Blue a... said they had their biggest day ever on Tuesday because of the lockdowns in Melbourne just yeah. overwhelming. And I'd imagine that must have had... Well, they all do, yeah. There's a, and there is a big research team that go in there and gather that information mm. for months and years afterwards. But mm. I know that there was a big shift in that uh, personal safety and security because we know we knew after that event that it could happen anywhere, anytime, that yeah. it was that unpredictability and it was possible. Yeah. And it's sort of taking that to that whole new level of, oh, that is what can happen. And I do remember I was training and, and terrorism as well, so it was very much, a, I'm going, oh, my, that's my job. Like, how am I going to save 3,000 people from a building? And it's about, I guess, that. It's accepting that you can't. You know, that is out of your hands. It's out of your control. You can only do what your capacity or your, or your ability has. And I think some but people... we know that if we'd been a first responder on that day, we would have run up to the top of that oh, building in the fire stairs like they did. We know. still do. Yeah. We still do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but I guess I, here I want to just touch on um, I have... I, Especially from the police, I learned a lot about mental health. But for us, our training was very much about recognising the symptoms of mental health um, because we had the power to basically, you know, take people to hospital and do all that sort of stuff. So a lot of the time it would show up as a bad attitude or a poor performance um, because they didn't treat it as a mental health issue. So what do you think's changed since being involved with RUNK? I, th- I think the understanding. I think we're... And- Coincidentally, about 20 years ago is when we started seeing the prevalence of Beyond Blues and and the Black Dog Institute and these sorts of organisations. We were were happy to talk about it. We were were okay to talk about it. It wasn't so taboo. And and the more we are educated about it, the more we're learning about it, the more that people are accepting that this is actually something that's going on. You know, so often we hear about the story, oh, you remember that kid? I wonder if it was... You know, he, he was misbehaving or he kept getting suspended. I wonder if it was because mm. of this, now that we're learning more and more about it. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's the education, which is a huge piece. And, yeah. and the more we talk about it, the more... And, and being involved with AUIK has been fantastic because AUIK is now 11 years old. We're starting to see more and more people have conversations and recognise that it's, it's okay to have a conversation. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to when you're struggling to reach out to somebody, you know, talking about the police officers, talking about things that they've been exposed to, some of the uh, perceptions are, well, you join the force, you're expected to see that. Um, that doesn't mean you don't have compassion. Exactly. You know, like, you know, well, exactly. It might be an expectation, but it's like you need to have compassion. that they've never, They may have never experienced that before in their life. And people don't. Like 90% of the population don't have any exposure to that sort of stuff. No one signs up to see people killed. Nobody signs up to see people assaulted. Nobody signs up to uh, be exposed to these things. You know, we, we have, um, you know, through our journeys, a, a perception of, what the ideal life is supposed to look like and thankfully we have these emergency service uh, personnel who are there to protect and, and serve the community. Well that's, I mean that is exactly what Di was talking about before, the, uh, the whole idea of service is to help people, it's not to go there and witness stuff and you know incite it, like it's definitely about being that barrier or being that person that stands up and goes no that's not going to happen on my watch. And at the end of the day they're people, 
just because you wear the uniform, it doesn't mean that you're invincible. It doesn't mean that you have don't have a soul, don't have feelings, don't have family. Um, it's so important that that we recognise that police officers, ambulance workers, um, fireys, they're people at the end of the day. They they take yeah. off the uniform, they have a family to go home to. Uh, my wife's an emergency nurse, and you know I I hear about some of the stories that that she's had to you know endure. I I can't see the side of blood. I'm terrible and. Just over the weekend, um, our son fell off the trampoline and was exposed to a lot of blood, and, and I had to push myself through that because I wasn't something that I'm really great with. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, um, we're people, and, and we have to sometimes dig a little bit deeper and check in to see how we're going. Yeah. So we just wanted to ask Mustafa, um, why did you become involved in Are OK Day as an ambassador, and tell us a bit more about that. Sure. So, um, well, first of all. I really believe in, in the message of Are You OK? And that is that a conversation can change a life. Um, I have seen uh, throughout my time, um, you know, with my work, with my friends, I had my first um, experience with losing a, a friend uh, when I was 21. And, um, and it was just after my 21st birthday. I'd, I'd celebrated my birthday, or really excited, you know, 21, your best time of your life. And, um, and on the Tuesday, so my birthday was on, on the Saturday, on the Tuesday, uh, one of my friends who attended my 21st birthday uh, took his life. Now, what could possibly be really going wrong at 21? Um, turns out he had a fight with his girlfriend and he thought that was the end of the world. And and I saw uh, the devastating effect it had on us as friends and I saw the devastating impact it had on his family. Um, and I felt like we really needed to do something. We really needed to, to open up conversations. Um, and at that time, that's when I decided that I was going to... Um, take on psychology and I, I went and studied psychology at uni and I, I wanted to find out a little bit more about how I can help people. I wanted to find out how I could make a difference in people's lives and, and throughout my time, look, I've, I've done a lot of other bits of training. I'm a mental health first aid uh, trainer, so I, I do a little bit of training around that space and, and I just want to get the message out there that um, we can have conversations to make an impact. I was fortunate enough last year to join the conversation tour uh, so we travelled nearly 17,500 kilometres around the country, um, popping into regional, remote communities and having conversations. And one of the stops uh, along the way, and it was, it was only our second stop, but we were in Foster. And uh, the day started off perfect. We were on the council lawns and it was just such a beautiful day. Um, day two, really cheaper, really excited about it. And within 10 minutes, I had my first conversation with, with an old lady who had struggled, her husband, she's the full-time carer of her husband, um, and she wasn't coping. Um, but, you know, she's got, to, she's got to look after her husband, that's her job. And then within 10 minutes, I spoke to another guy who was really struggling because his wife was critically ill. Okay, and then all of a sudden, I started just, yeah, juggling these conversations. An hour later, a guy driving past, he, he sort of saw the big yellow signs and said, actually, I'm not okay. I wonder if I can come and have a conversation. And during that that time, he popped in and, and they said, hey, Mustafa, can you come over? There's a guy that I'd like you to meet and have a chat to. And he looked very visibly distressed. And, and getting into that conversation with him, he said, I've already had three long necks this morning and it was 10.30 in the morning. And I said, so how did you get here? He said, I drove. I said, so you, you were driving after you already had... And what's going on? And he started to tell me the story. And I said, so who are you speaking to about this? He said, I'm not speaking to anyone. And I said, okay, well, let's let's sit down. And, and one of the partners of, of AOK is Twining's Tea. And I said, well, let's have a cup of tea and let's sit down and, and let's have a chat. You know, yeah. and, and in the time that you can have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, um, you can have a, a really meaningful conversation. And, and I truly believe that conversations can change lives. And, and on that day, um, I'm hoping that, that I had a positive impact on, on three people's lives in those conversations. We, that guy that I, I spoke to, uh, who'd already had two attempts at his life in the past couple of weeks, um, we got him in an ambulance, we got him the help that he needed and, and linked him up with those professional services that he desperately needed. So um, that's why I got involved and, and I truly believe that conversations can change lives. So you just touched on two really important points there. One is the brand of Are You OK? and making it so well known that it's a really safe space for people to go and approach. I think that's really important. It's like we were talking with Bomber before, you're not going to go to somebody who you don't know. Like. 
no one's going to pick up a phone and talk to a complete stranger. So I think no people knowing that are you okay and like got you for life are those people that understand they're going to be completely compassionate. They're not going to be rough and tough like you know the cops. <laughs> who aren't, you know, who that's not their job. Like, you know, it's like the ambulance. That's not their job. But they've, everyone's got a specific role. But I think brands like Are You Okay and Enough Is Enough and Lifeline, they're all building uh, that safe space for people. It's about building the connection. And, and the best thing about the Are You Okay message and the, and the power of the conversation is that you don't have to be an expert. Yeah, I love you don't that. have to be a professional and you don't have to have all the answers. But what you can have is the power of a conversation. Um, too often we um, we dismiss the question of how you going. How many times do you, in, you your good. Work, good. in your workplace uh, you'd be walking past in the office and you go, hey, how are you? And you just keep walking. You'd sort of just... You know, I'm playing out here with my fingers um, what's happening. You're walking in the office and you march down. G'day, mate, how are you going? And then you sort of just keep bypassing each other in the corridor, but you don't actually stop and wait for the answer. And and the, the phrase, are you okay, sort of makes you stop and listen to what that response is and, and try and notice if there is something different. Well, we spoke earlier about language and we spoke about how men and women are very different and it's... Um, for men, I know that it's very much about withdrawal, shutting down, using rituals like drinking. That's what I wanted to touch on before. They use all these other, these typical things that actually don't connect. And how hard is it right now that, well, now you're allowed to go to the pub a little bit, but um, when, when COVID first started uh, and really had restrictions, people weren't able to go to the pub. People weren't able to go and see their mates. Uh, so what were they doing? They were sitting at home and they were having a drink and out goes RSA out the window, you know, you're just sitting there and go, oh, well, I have to drive home now, so I'll just drink a little bit more and they'll just keep drinking themselves down until they, they nod off to sleep. So, I mean, yeah, being able to have conversations, recognising some of those signs uh, is really important. So, yeah, if they're withdrawing. So so with Are You Okay, we talk about three key things that we're looking for. Uh, the first thing that we're looking for is uh, what's, what's going on in their life? What's actually changed in their life? And then we're looking at what are they saying or what are they doing? So if we're noticing some of those signs, then that brings us into noticing actually what's happening for that person in order for us to ask the question. So, yeah, so I think that supporting role is really, really, really important. And I know with the campaign, especially this year, I've noticed there's like not just asking, are you okay? There's follow-up questions. So can you tell us a bit more about that you know about that strategy there for people who are helping others yeah absolutely look the theme this year for are you okay day uh, is there's more to say after are you okay so uh, the first thing is yeah really important that we ask the question and we say how are you going what's going on for you what's changed um, but before we have the conversation it's important that we're prepared for the conversation what if someone says no i'm not okay what am i supposed to do if I'm not prepared, I'm, I'm going to think I need to get out of here. So um, really important that we're prepared and ready to have that conversation. Find out from the person uh, what's going on, what's changed, how long they've been experiencing what it is that they're experiencing, how long has this change been going for. And if um, we know that, you know, based on the stuff that I'm, I'm teaching them into her first aid, is that if it's been sitting for about two weeks or more, then it could be uh, the development of a mental illness. It could be the start of depression. It could be the start of anxiety. So it's important to also try and find out how long this has been going for. Uh, how's it affecting you in your day-to-day -day work, in your life? Uh, how are your relationships? Are you still talking? Are you connecting? Do you have people that you're connected to? Do you have a support system? Do you have mechanisms that allow you to, to get that support? Yeah. And if you do, fantastic. Then how can we line you up and tee you up with those yeah, what's supports? What's the next step to and get that going? extra help and yeah. support? Yeah. So are you okay? We work on, on four simple steps. The first one is to ask the question. The second one is to listen without judgment. The third one is to encourage that action. Now, like I said, you don't have to be a professional. You don't have to be an expert. And you don't Just have listen. to have all the answers. Yep. Just find out from the person what's going on for them and then say, hey, have you spoken to your GP? Have you spoken to uh, a mental health professional? Yep. Have you spoken to Lifeline? Have you spoken to somebody? And then if they haven't, encourage them to do that. Yeah, I have actually been in a situation where one of my good male friends said that. And yeah, I helped him get to the GP and then he followed on. And that was, yeah, it was really just, he needed that. He needed that more support. And one of the things that people are really afraid of doing is, is going to the GP and they think, well, how much is this going to cost? I don't know how much it's going to cost. And I don't know that there's Medicare subsidies. They yep. don't know that they can go on a mental health care plan. They think if on a mental health care plan, 
what does that mean? Does that mean there's something wrong with me? Because there's still that stigma around mental health, right? So people are like they're not really wanting to step forward and thinking they've got that label. Absolutely. And, and it's really hard for people to come to grips with an actual label. It's hard for them to realise, well, hang on, I'm, I'm now put into this basket and I'm really worried. Yeah. So in continuing the theme um, around there's more to say, it's about coming back and checking in with that person and saying, so how are you going? Did you yeah. end up speaking to somebody? Did you follow yeah, checking up? checking in. Yeah, did you go and see the doctor? Yeah. Um, and how did that go? Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure about going to see the doctor, so I didn't go. Okay, well, do you need me to go with you? Do you need someone that, to... That's what I ended up doing. I ended up taking the next step and actually making the appointment and going with, and that's what just needed that extra bit of support. And, and that's what gives the person a bit of confidence that they have that strong support network yep. around them and being able to say, wow, okay, Thankfully, I've got that guy who's taken yeah. me over to the GP. I've now got a planning place yeah. and hopefully I can get the right outcome that I need to get the help that, that I need for my issue. And then I guess picking up signals from people. So we've really found that men use different language to women when they're not okay or they're struggling. So does that, does Are You Okay Day address that in their campaign, the difference? So what we, what we look at is the general types of language that we're using. And if it's a person who starts using language around, I'm a burden, um, I'm hopeless, or, um, you know, we spoke before about the fact that not going to the pub, not hanging out with your mates, not turning up to cricket practice or footy practice or yeah. or going to social events. Cancelling and not Canceling. turning up. Yeah, absolutely. I know on, on my trip last year when, when I was on the tour, I spoke to a guy up in Gosford and he said, you know, I got invited to a 60th birthday party and it was for my best mate. And I went, I don't really want to go. My, my partner's away, my child's away. This is going to be the weekend that I'm going to take my life. And then he had this 60th birthday to go to. And so he said, you know what, I'm going to go to the 60th and because if I don't go, they're going to notice that I'm not there and, and it's going to ask a lot of questions. Let's just go. So anyway, he goes to this party and he has the best time and his mates remind him and reinforce to him how much he's a, a valued member of their friendship. Yeah. Change someone's mindset, just that experience. It changed his mindset. And the guy the guy whose birthday it was, he actually said to me, Mate, you weren't yourself. What what was going on? Yep. You know, usually you're the you're the life of the party, you're the clown, you're the one who's cracking the jokes. What what's going on? Yeah. And then he said, Mate, I don't know, this is what I've been thinking and he's and he said, I've been struggling. And he said, Well, mate, call me anytime. I'm your best mate. And, and like I said, it was those signs, it was those the language that he was using, it was the fact that he wasn't going to turn up to the party yeah. that really got his best mate thinking. And, and these are the things, like we all have a baseline. Sometimes, you know, we have our ups and downs, you know, we'll have our good days and we'll have our bad days, we all have those. Uh, but there are also going to be some times when you're sitting down below that baseline for quite some time. And, and that's when, as a close friend and a family member, we're going to notice some of those things and they're going to be our cues for us to say, Hey, I've noticed that this has changed. What's going on? How can I help you? What can I What can I do to help you to get better? Um, and it's that type of conversation that certainly changed his life. Yeah. Well, I guess that's called being human, though, isn't it? That's Absolutely. what we. That's what it is. And we're actually here today to provide solutions. That's. Uh, I think this is what it is, isn't it? Like, our UK is is a solution, not your stepping stone towards the end goal, but it's certainly going to um, create focus for us. Yeah. So su- suicide prevention um, is the is the goal. Um, so are you okay? Is that first step in that suicide prevention? It's about putting people in touch with their close connections and their family and friends to be able to say. I'm going to ask you this really important question and I'm hoping that you're going to answer the question and then we're going to get you to the right support services that you need um, to ensure that we can continue to have you. Well, we really want to thank you for coming. Yeah, with, you know, you've really shared some great great advice and, and, you know, people are going to understand more about what Are You OK Day is about and the strategies. So, yeah, thanks for joining yeah, us. And we can make donations to Are You OK as well, can't we? Because they're a fundraising They're, they're a charity, charity organisation, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can go up to um, the website, areyouok.org.au, and there's, there's a whole stack of stuff. So buying merchandise is one way that you can support Are You OK, but also uh, there are donations. And, and I think these pins that you're wearing are a great idea too because it's a bit like, you know, that identifier that you're, you are a safe person to come and speak to. Yeah, absolutely. About it, well, so. I mean, it's, yeah, I wear it. I've even got, I've even oh, got, got my shirt? t-shirt underneath, oh, okay, um, but it was, it was a little bit cool outside, so I thought, no, I better, better keep the jumper on, so the pin on the outside. But yeah, absolutely. Look, 
you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a professional mm. to have a conversation. And um, really appreciate you guys having us today, so that we can we can continue to to encourage people to have that yeah. important conversation. It's such a great initiative. I really am behind it completely. So, as like you were saying, we are all human, and we appreciate you coming on today. Um, we are humans with dreams and goals and aspirations, and it's important to be clear on what we want to achieve in our life in order to set boundaries and focus our attention on what matters most. Uh, and to talk about that today is actually Natalie Jane from the Two Day List. Now, she is the founder of two companies wearing many hats as a corporate manager, executive coach, wellness coach and entrepreneur and a very proud mum. I think he's only five as well. Uh, she is passionate about helping people simplify their day to become their best self. So we welcome Nat today. Thank you for hanging in there. I hope the coffee was good. <laughs> it's been an awesome atmosphere and thank you so much for having me on. Um, so the Today List is more than a product. It really does enhance your day-to-day -day life. So can you explain um, the Today List product and the concepts? There's a couple of concepts behind why it works. Yeah, so the Today List itself is actually a tool and the wellness coaching is the technique and it's really that harmonisation and blend of the two that is really empowering and inspiring to people. So the Today List is an LCD writing tablet deliberately designed without notifications or alerts because I don't want people to be distracted. I'm actually trying to instill positive daily rituals to help people reset and recenter their attention and focus on what matters most. Yeah, because it is like with your phone, if you're constantly getting those um, alerts or even I know when I'm working through the day, if I don't look at my emails constantly, I'm going to be more productive. So that's probably a bit more where you're coming from with that. Yeah, so think about examples where you go, I need to remember to do something and you open up your phone to write a note and before you realise it, you've scrolled Instagram, you've checked your emails and you know, you've looked at news.com and then you close your phone, put it back in your pocket and you've completely forgotten to even write down that activity that you said was really important to remember. Yeah, the shiny objects kind of get in the way. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So um, what's more of the philosophy behind the Today List, I guess? So for me, the Today List is about helping us reconnect to us as humans and what does it mean to be human? And I always look at, you know, people talk about lists and prioritisation, but I actually look at it as personal brand. So before we can talk about priorities and activities, we need to reconnect with who we are, what our personal brand is and what we want to be known for. Oh, that's interesting. I right up my alley. I know. <laughs> I love personal brand and the ins and outs of that. So why did you create? Why did you create this? Like how did you, did you have the need for it and think I can help others through this or what was where'd that come from? So the catalyst for me was as an executive coach. I started supporting executives and leaders in the corporate space around the perceived challenges of day-to-day -day corporate life. And what I was finding was it was less about them in their corporate workspace and more to do with who they are as a whole person. And so I didn't feel equipped as an executive coach to support them. So I took myself away and did some studies around wellness, well-being, dietetics and nutrition and wellness coaching and deliberately, I guess, rounded out my skill set so that I could support people as a whole person. So what I found was my executive and corporate coaching was exponentially better because I was better equipped to support them in who they are and how they show up every day. And then fast forward a few more years, what I was then noticing was the difference between those that were successful and those that were still struggling to achieve their goals wasn't in the way in which they structured their activities or their lists every day, but more about being really clear on who they are and what they actually want to achieve holistically. Yeah, because I guess it's more about just what you're achieving in your work day. Like as a parent and you've got there's so many other things going on, you need to manage kids' sports and other things that are going on with family as well, activities. So um, is that what it's helping with? Like what other benefits are there than just organising your work life? Yeah, really great question. So I run an online program from Chaos to Calm. And part of that is seven simple daily activities. And one of the activities is around balance. And when I talk about balance, I talk about three dimensions. There's the work, the personal, and the self. And the work dimension is, you know, what do I have to do today, whether that's paid work or unpaid work, to be successful. 
The personal is what I call the life administrative, so paying the phone bill, booking the car in for the service, remembering to pick up a birthday card for a friend. It's all of those kind of errands that you have to do within that day. And then the self, which is the really important dimension, is around what is the one thing you can do for you? Just something that's good for the soul and something that's time out and replenishing. And so whether that's watching your favourite episode on Netflix or having a coffee with a friend, having a hot bath at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the activity is as long as it's just for you and it's guilt-free and just to re, uh, refresh and replenish your soul. Because I find I'm, I'm very big list writer and I like to tick things off but I'll get to the office in the morning and I'll write this list but it will encompass things that I have to do for work paid, unpaid, that's all, you know, I, I know what I'm doing there. But then I've got to register my kids for sport or there's all these other things. So that's what you're encouraging to break it down into those three sections and definitely making sure you've got that time for yourself as well. Yes. Yeah, and so there's no set uh, number of activities to focus on every day because the challenge is more who do you want to be and what's going to support you today in getting closer towards that and so the dimensions is more important than the number of activities and some days you want to have a higher ratio in some of those dimensions than others you know you might wake up in the morning and you just might feel flat you're just having one of those days but for whatever reason you just don't feel like you and so I would encourage people to up the ratio of self and down the ratio of personal yeah that's a whole management thing Oh my gosh. Well, that's, that's what we need to learn through this. <laughs> but I, I love that because it's, it really does give you a, a bit of sense that not no two days are the same. Like I think we, we fight so hard to have a flat line, you know, everything has to be at equal rates and to be able to know that you can sort of adjust and, and, and especially for me, like I feel like I'm, you know, some days it's just a lot of overwhelm, there's 18-hour days you know, up early, go to bed late. But then there's other days where, you know, I do, you do try and cut it off and you, but you feel guilty about not, like about not turning up for that other half day. Like you, there's that yeah. sense of overwhelm. That you should be doing something else. You yeah. can't be taking this time for yourself. Yeah. So how do we get over that? Yes. Yeah, so that, well, first of all, I would go all the way back to step one, which is around personal brand, yeah. right? So your behaviours, your attitude and the rituals that you have in your life have been designed, whether deliberately or subconsciously, because of the what you believe is what you want. Mm -hmm. And so we need to really unpack who you are and what's important to you and then we consciously start making choices and decisions that drive you towards your best self. And so when you find yourself in a situation where you are either feeling overwhelmed or guilty, then you can start to check in with that personal brand and say, well, what is it about this? Is it making me feel uncomfortable? And there are tools and techniques that I use in my program to help you overcome those senses. What about for the people pleasers out there? Yes, and the perfectionists. And the perfection, the recovering perfectionists. Yes. Recovering. Recovering. <laughs> I'm a recovering perfectionist. Okay. I, I literally do, uh, you know, when I cut a sandwich, I cut it off centre. Deliberately now. <laughs> Because, you know, that all my, my my whole youth was brought up, you know, everything has to be even and squared and I'm just going, no, 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 it's not. Now it's like off-centre and completely oblongy type of version. Love it. It's recovering perfectionism. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So with, with, the, um, with the seven-day challenge, can you tell us a bit more about that? So that's the chaos to calm one, was it? Yeah, from chaos to calm in seven days. So seven simple daily activities that are guided. It's online. It's completely free to join and register. And there are little YouTube clips that I have to help set up the activities. Uh, and at the end of the seven days, once you've completed the activities, you then unlock a free coaching call with me as a bonus. And that's one to help you debrief what you've learned and the new techniques that you've experienced through the seven days, but also to help you explore what does that mean going forward and how do we ensure that these new positive rituals and techniques are sustainable for the long term. I think that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Forming those as habits and routines and rituals in the good way so that they are sustainable. Yes. So. And and the big thing I always go back to is life is a series of choices and trade-offs and we all have 24 hours in a day and we all have dreams and aspirations and goals that are bigger than 24 hours. 
So at some point in our day, we have to choose what to focus our attention on. And so we have two choices. It's either a passive choice or it's an active choice. So are we letting life happen to us or for us? And so I really work with people to be really conscious and deliberate around those choices and the trade-offs. And when you are clear on your personal brand and the guardrails that you have in life, those choices become so easy. Mm. Align. It's like living in that alignment, isn't it? Where yes. it's very, it's a, it's a good set of boundaries that you've developed that just go, no, that's not, not worth my time or that's not worth my energy. Yes. We're working on that. Energy is the key. <laughs> yeah. Is what gives you energy. Mm. One thing I wanted to ask, I was on your website looking at the products and I noticed that there is, I think the only button maybe, is the delete button. Yes. So, <laughs> what, is there, what, so once I'm writing, if I press delete, do I do that when I've ticked everything off the list? Is that the, um, <laughs> the idea of that? Is that like a, that's something that's going to help me move on? Yes. So... The LCD writing tablets come in various sizes and various colours, so that appeals to the novelty in us all. And it's a simple-to-use tool, but what is the powerful aspect is it's a symbol of disruption. So it signifies something uh, towards a shift of a positive way forward. If we have convoluted techniques or convoluted programs, they're not sustainable. And so I really wanted something that was simple to use and practical for people day to day. So you pull out the stylus just like you would a pen and then you just begin to draw or write on it. And because you are limited by size and functionality, it forces you to consider, like, what am I actually going to put on this list? Because when you get to the end of the day, there is only a delete button which means that you clean the slate. Oh, so it's an everyday thing. You can't, oh, but there's one thing that's left over. <laughs> Correct. So, oh. you, so you don't get that cumulative effect. Yes. And so what happens over time when we have notebooks or post-it notes or one notes and things like that, you get this sense of being weighed down because you accumulate all of these unfinished activities. So the power of the Today List is that it is a clean slate and a clear mind each and every day. So it forces yeah. you to reset physically and li- literally and recenter your attention and really focus on what matters most for that day. And you get the positive reinforcing loop of the dopamine every time you tick something off the list. Oh, I love that. When I actually write a list, I'll sometimes put something at the top that I've already done just to, okay, so it's not just me, other people do I like that. Just to feel yep. good, just like I've actually done something. Don't laugh. I wrote a blog post all about that one. Okay. So um, where can we check out more more about you um, on socials and your website? You've got blogs and information. Yeah, so on all socials, it's at todaylist.biz. Mm-hmm. The website is the same, so www.todaylist.biz. The challenge, as I mentioned, is free, so you register through the website to join. And um, I'm on LinkedIn and I also have a YouTube channel. For anyone who wants to watch me talk through some of these principles and concepts, uh, you can check that out um, and I'll add it on to the show notes as well. Perfect. So um, we do know that you um, are partnering with Southside Local. Yes. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So for anyone in the Shire who is a member of Southside Local, I have a discount code. I will also provide that in the show notes, but it's a 7.5% discount uh, and the code is TDL Shire, so Today List Shire, and that'll give you 7.5% off at your checkout. Perfect. So just for everyone that's listening, is there like one takeaway, one tip that you can give us to structure our day? in terms of the list. That's all I can cope with is one. Yeah, I just want one thing. One thing. The one thing, the one pill that fixes everything. And I'll get my today list out to write this down. Yeah. <laughs> my top tip would be whenever you feel overwhelmed or out of control, take a deep breath and remind yourself of who you want to be. So back to the personal brand really back to that what's important what's going to get you to that place yes can you just repeat that for all those people that didn't hear that piece of advice (laughs) so for anyone who feels overwhelmed or out of control i encourage you to take a deep breath and just remind yourself of who you want to be and who you want to be known for 
And the reason we do that is because that's actually part of the whole not bringing other people into your storm, isn't it? And spewing it all over them and making their day worse. Like it's really about protecting other people as well. So that's about being, being okay. So we really appreciate you coming in and sharing that. We've actually got Sarah Jo here as well today. Good morning, Did you everyone. want to have a question? Did you have a burning question for Nat? Because oh, I, I know you've been sitting here chatting to her all morning. Yeah, I was just saying I really like that today, Liz, because it helps you reevaluate what's important every day. <laughs> I'm a huge list maker and it's right. It is overwhelming. You should see my sheets of paper or my notes section on my phone and you do look back and then two weeks later you're like, well, that actually wasn't important for that day. So every day you do choose what is important and, you know, needs to be done that day and then something you thought had to be done, it's good to really evaluate every day. No, that's not really important. Or oh, I could do it differently. Yeah. Well, what, what's important for you this month? September. <laughs> Sustainability September. So what we call September is single-use plastic September. So what that means is it's a whole month about awareness of single-use plastics and how we can get rid of single-use plastics in our life and support the businesses that are getting rid of single-use plastics. Why I just stopped there is because we've got Jacinta drinking out of her beautiful Honua Drink purple bottle. Oh, yes, I saw these being promoted. That's right. It's thirsty work here behind the scenes at Shire Pod. So drinking beautiful fresh water, thanks to Bancini's, and out of our reusable bottles. So what September is, Boomerang Alliance has, has is promoting it this month. And there's a few things, obviously, Sydney-wide we can do, or actually Australia-wide, and it's about showing gratitude to businesses. So that's cafes, small businesses that are creating products that are providing you solutions to give up single-use plastics. For example, if a cafe is given up plastic straws, if a cafe is choosing reusable straws, like Warrenora Boat Shed at one of our yeah, podcasts, podcasts yeah. that we did a few weeks ago. And it's also about, you know, if you know a local small business that's yeah. making those products, yeah. send them a shout on social media, send them a thank you, promote what they're doing. And then it's also about you choosing yourself, mm. how you can give up single-use plastics. Oh, it's also talking to businesses that haven't. Mm. You know, if you've got a favourite cafe and you would like them to go towards a more sustainability you know, initiatives like giving up plastic straws, this is a really good month to ask them, have you thought about doing this and the reasons why? Also just wearing that T-shirt might help as well. <laughs> yes. that, I think that brings to the consciousness, you know, to, for them to think about, okay, what is it that I actually am doing or need to do? That's right. And I love, had a really good chat with Nat before, and it's, eventually it's, it's even an unconscious choice is a choice. Yeah, or not choosing. Not choosing. Is a choice. So we have to think about our not choosing sustainable initiatives and how that's affecting us, our human health, our environment, you know, affecting the places that we love, mm. live, work and play. Yep. Now, so I've talked about that's the general scope of September, but some local things you might like to know about that So Shy is doing in September. Yes. I'll go through them. There's a few of them. It's a big month. Okay. So we've got... Rack them off. Rack them off. We've got product giveaways. So that includes... We've got Totes Green Totes, one of our followers. Yes. So they've Bear provided... Thank you. That's right. So they've provided a gift pack of reusable masks and gift bags. So we're giving them away on So Shy this month. And there's also discounts. For example, I mentioned Honua. So we've got a 20%, 20% disco for Honua. Jay would have wanted that about a week ago. That's right. That's right. And then some of them on the website are already 20% off. So mm. add another 20%, you know, yeah. you're getting even more discount off. On the last Sunday of September, we are running a cotton tip census. So there's a stack of... feel guilty. You are, yeah. Because cotton tips shouldn't be made out of plastic. So I'm not saying don't use cotton tips, no. but they shouldn't be made of plastic. And how are they getting on our beaches? In our cleanups, we pick up minimum 400 every week. Wow. So are they coming from our toilets? Are they coming down the drains? We need to find out. So a Sydney wide. the bin. Well, that's the thing. And even if they are going into the bin loose, are they coming from the street? But how are we getting hundreds yeah. every week? Yeah, that's crazy. Do you mean I don't see hundreds on the ground? Yeah, being washed down. So uh, people flushing the toilet, and if they're flushing down the toilet, how are they getting through our tertiary systems 
So we're doing a huge census. So all different groups around Sydney are going to be counting how many cotton tips they find around on different beaches to see if we can try and find the source. But you make a good point. Why Why have they even got plastic on them? Like they do, and I know they do, but I don't yeah. even wouldn't even think about that. So, yeah. That's right. And that good feeling that you get when you clean your ears. Well, I, I clean my ears every day, but I use bamboo ones. Yeah. And I put them in the bin or you put them in the compost. <laughs> you know, if you've got bamboo ones, mm. so there's no reason for something that you use once to be made out of plus plastic stick. Yeah. Now, other things we've got going is we have, um, we've got a poetry competition. Right. Yes, yeah, starting next week because Sea Week also falls in September. So that's all about ocean literacy. So what we've, we've got a poetry competition Love and it. we've had three entries already, so it's amazing. So you all the details will be on our social media pages. So basically we've got three categories, I think primary, secondary and adult. I think that's probably what, I think what we've got going on. And it's there is a theme for Sea Week, but we're looking at all the different ways you might like to write about the oceans. So information will be up on our social media pages tomorrow because Sea Week is from the 12th to the 18th of September. And then, oh, you know, we're talking about September. I mentioned Warner Boat Shed and their reusable straws, but I thought also it's a really good time to mention that Caringbar North Public School have given up plastic straws at the canteen. Oh, that could be every school. That could be, be every that school. Be, that should be every school. That's right. So they've gone to paper straws. So that's excellent. And oh, no still straws. going. Well, no I straws. do love straws, though. I'm happy um, with the paper option. But yeah, I do. yeah. Well, I brought my metal straw with me today to use it when I order my juice. And then also some great things you might want to check out for September too is there are two virtual interactive calendars. So for the adults and businesses, the Boomerang Alliance one has for September. And then the one that I'm, you know, want to spruit because I'm in it and a few of our local students are in it as well is the Ocean Action Pod September calendar. So that's more for children. And so there's videos, there's different challenges. So that's really good, you know, things to two different things. So you go on Boomerang Alliance September calendar or the Ocean Action Pot September calendar. And oh, look, I know, it's just I'm like, looking at my pages, I can go on and on and on. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, as, as usual, you've just turned up with all this stuff that we need to know about. But I think it is really important that we keep putting it out there that there are these things, little tiny steps that you can take. It's a lot of awareness around it and, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, putting in the energy and the effort to, do, to make those good choices. That's right. And yeah. we're all about supporting, you know, our local businesses. Do what are, you can with what you got. That's, that's the right. quote. That's the quote. <laughs> I still remember that from the first episode. I love the idea of the poetry because that, like, if you say, like, younger kids and then adults, it's just getting the awareness out there for all of them. So once they're thinking about it, even if they're writing the poem, you know, that they're just being aware of these things now. And this, the talent that's out there, like the ones that we've been reading, it gives me goosebumps. And few of these entries, they inspired this competition because they they shared what they've written about the ocean and plastic pollution. Yeah. I mean, we have, to, we have to do something. We have to celebrate these beautiful children mm. and public that are writing these beautiful words um you know I, 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 just I honor them well. yeah exactly. honor their vision like their lens what yeah. they see and because they're very aware they're so much more aware than that's we are right. and it wasn't for a school assignment they're writing them for, for on their own time yeah, that's right yeah. um i'll probably do a nice little segue linking to september next month is small business month yes so we talk about September about supporting businesses that are helping you to give up single-use plastics. So if you are a business or know a business that is doing anything sustainable in the Sutherland Shire, get in contact with So Shire because we'd love to promote you during October. Yeah, okay, you can do that. You can go to <laughs> soshire.org. That's right. That's we right. Love or it. contact us on Facebook, we love it. Instagram. But once again, you have just filled us with knowledge and, you know, Inspiration is what I call it. I just it I go it home. It inspires and... me to do better with my choices with plastic. Yeah, completely. <laughs> For sure. And, it, and it's not just about plastic, you know. Port Hacking High School oh, yeah. just recently are getting a th- 100 kilowatts of solar. I love this idea. I saw this, the yeah. solar. How good's that? So, so they should. 18 months Good ago, they reached out to Sunny Shire. And so the other Shire schools we like to mention are Menai and Karangbar High who are also having modern high-capacity rooftop solar. Yeah. So it can be done. So if you need some help and advice, contact Sunny Shire. 
There's also, you know, other options for residents. If you can't get solar on roofs, there's things that you can buy into schemes where there are solar farms. Mm. So you don't need to always think about it being yeah. in on your actual place. Um, but going back to the schools, the New South Wales Department of Education has a program where they run the tender, manage the installation and provide 50% of the funding. Fantastic. So, you know, into two and three years, that payback for schools is an ongoing ongoing savings of about 20000 per annum. So I think, where can that money, think about where that money could be spent. I've been talking to a couple of um, people from different schools and they said, you know, some of the sustainability initiatives that we want to do are costing us money. And I went, well... You save on energy bills, yeah. twenty thousand. What could you do with twenty thousand at your school yeah. per year? That's huge. That is huge. So if you want to invest in reusable products at the canteen, mm. some of that money from savings of your energy can yeah. go towards that. You know, and you can also do a lot of fundraising yeah. for the installation of the solar panels, but also for reusable products. So I just thought shout out to shout out to the schools. winners. That's that. right. All right. Well, you know, and it is. Um, Small Business Month next month. So we want to acknowledge that, you know, we really appreciate the support of the Local Business Awards um, over the last 11 weeks. And just mention some other finalists in Cronulla, including the Milky Lane, I think it's a cafe in Cronulla, Shire Cleaning Ladies, Spark Island Electrical. Yeah, the Grass Cutter, Your Patch Is My Business. I love <laughs> like that. Very catchy. Mummy Me Time and Hudson and Kingsley, the label. Yeah, and we want to tell you about some of the podcasts that are available this week. We are nearly dropping one every day at the moment because we've hit 50 episodes since February, which is huge. Um, and that's our little community platform. So they all start here. They get a lot of pro- cross-promotion um, and people get to know who they are. Our next masterclass starts on the 3rd of October. So if you're thinking about being a podcaster or if you just want to know what it takes, it's $299. You learn all the six Ps of podcasting and that helps you build your personal brand. So it's very much what uh, Nat was talking about yeah. before, about how to nail that message or pitch um, that you're looking to do. We This week we had Keeping It in the Family. We've got the Surf Club 24-hour row dropping today at 12, Nicole Dargy, as well as That Shit Show. So we have, we have really appreciated all our guests coming today. Sharing their story is brave. Showing compassion and empathy when someone is in an emotional pain or mental anguish can literally save their life. Yeah, that was such an informative conversation hearing about how others deal with stress and life events. They can really rock the sense of who we are. Actually, this is I did want to ask a question before we leave, wrap up today because you were speak we were speaking about the script yesterday and you told me this story. So I wanted to ask you about what what you did um, when you had somebody disclose to you that they were facing yeah, a mental well, health problem. I think you when um, he was a male friend about 35 and he just was struggling. Um, and I realized after a few days of just trying to talk to him that I probably wasn't and I probably wasn't enough. He needed, yeah. you know, some more support. And um, it, you know, it wasn't even enough to say, look, you need to go and get some help. I actually went as far as like, you know, I booked the I booked the doctor's appointment and then he rang me that morning and said, I need you to come with me. So just going down that process to just helping them more than, you know, are you okay? Yes. But going down that process with them is really important. And I think um, when I was actually in the doctor's surgery, the doctor I know with Gus Walland, he mm. says, you've got to say, are you suicidal? You've just got to go straight yeah. to it. And Direct the doc- questions. Yeah, and the yeah. doctor said, when you drive down the street, have you thought, there's a tree? Am I going to drive into it? And that was probably something that stuck with me the most. Yes. But I just think, yeah, if, if anyone's having dramas, um, just be there to support them, but then know to refer on to get that extra yeah. help. But you just might need to just be with them that little bit more to actually get them to commit. To and getting that help. And don't be scared to ask those direct yeah. questions. You, yeah. do, and that, you, you followed the protocol completely. It's about recognising the symptoms. It's about um, reassuring them that they're going to be okay and then referring them on. Like you don't have to be the one that solves their problems, but yeah. you can just sit with them and be there. And that response is, is key, is mm. really knowing that and to get that connection to that they you can trust you. Yeah, exactly. To come and be that person. And as we've mentioned before, it's different for males and it's different terminology that they're yes. using. So yeah. just, you know, be there as much as you can and support. And, and this, I think what we've worked out today is that the one, like the risk factor, uh, the, one, the one thing is it's communication. It's yeah. having that art of communication of being able to either speak positively and turn that around or recognising the language that is going to tell you that there's more help that's required. Yeah. So yeah. it's just too simple to say, can't, yeah. you know, women are willing to share their problems and men bottle them up. We need to get more 
of other than meat out of that conversation so that we understand what it is that they need. So I guess we just want to wrap this up now because <laughs> I'm hungry. And, um, and we, Another we, jam-packed Seriously, episode. it could have gone on. But this is one of my, you know, my pet passions of, you know, of, of topics. I love talking about this stuff and finding out. Um, where people sit on it. So I just want to thank you all for the research this week. You've done such a great job on pulling it all together. And I think our guests were amazing today. The guests were fantastic. Like just sharing their knowledge and their experiences makes it okay for other people to feel what they're feeling or going through what they're Yeah, and we hope out there that you've had a great morning. And if you're not feeling so great, that's okay as well. Try and, like Nat was suggesting, do a little bit to invest in yourself, that personal um, I think that was some, they were some great strategies of how you look at it. Share yes. this podcast with people that you think might need it. Um, certainly just, you know, reach out to somebody. We're here. We're a safe space. Are you okay is a safe space. Um, Lifeline is definitely, you know, got, you've got trained professionals on the end of that line that will help you if you want to remain anonymous. I think that's a big thing around the shame and the guilt of what's going on. And remember, you can listen to all of these episodes and more from the Sutherland Shire Podcast Station or wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, so follow us on Facebook, Shire Podcast. Um, we are a local media production company creating podcasts that build personal brands and uh, they're for local personalities and businesses, so get on board. We have loads to listen to, but this one has been epic. So thank you very much for hanging in. And Yeah, you've been listening to the Being There Podcast. <laughs>